Hello. We have returned again to tickle your eardrums. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, no. I was, <laughs> was wondering that what bad, that was. Was that a bad start? <laughs> so we're back. It is week, it's a great start. week five, I think we're on now. Mm. I believe it's week five. So, hey. Week five. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. We, we've done it. We've done it. Uh, so we are back. This is, I guess, loosely... The Easter edition, because we're uh, recording the Thursday before the long weekend, so yeah. everybody's probably already left the office. Like, I guarantee everybody in Toronto's gone home already. Oh, yeah. I already know some yeah. guys at the pubs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. And we'll, we, we won't be hanging along too too much longer after no. this, probably, because it is a long weekend. So. And I got I went, just went out and I bought some M&M peanuts, multicolored, is, sitting right between Matt yeah. and I right now. Yeah. So if you hear me go... Disclaimer, disclaimer. Disclaimer, it's me yeah. eating my yeah. chocolate There might Easter be some, uh, well, they're M&M's. M&M's, yeah. I don't know. Well, hey, can we say They're egg-shaped. Are we going to get in trouble shaped. for using a brand on here? No, we're fine. No. No, okay. we're fine. It's okay. Hey, free plug for M&M's. <laughs> Nestle or whoever, you're welcome. Yeah, um, so we're So we're here. So we're here to talk about mining, not M&M's. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's start how we always do. Uh, we'll just uh, give everybody a quick rundown of where we stand commodity-wise before we start. So we have a kind of a point of reference or context. Uh, firstly, gold um, was around the same, I think. I have uh, the number here is around US $1,271.51 an ounce. Um, and then copper was around two twenty four a pound. And West Texas Intermediate fell below, we talked about the $40 a barrel threshold, so we're at $39.63. Um, and then the, uh, you know what, I got the gold price wrong, so I'm going to say it again. Oh, did you? I got two numbers for, it's dun, actually dun, dun. much worse than I said. So everyone's oh, like, no. yay, no, oh, I'm sorry mind. to disappoint you. <laughs> I said 1,271, it's actually 1,217. So oh, that's, that's, that's material. Moment. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's technically Friday. It's technically Friday. <laughs> so, so go, uh, once again, gold is at $1,217.39 an ounce at the time of recording. And uh, the TSX was sitting at 13300 and 46 points and 68 cents. So I think I always do this by memory, but I'm pretty sure that's roughly where we were last week. It seems to be relatively flat. Mm, we had, well, we had a little bit of a hiccup there yesterday. Yeah. With the, well, the reason gold's down, we were just talking about this before the show, was another uh, implication from the uh, Federal Open Market Committee, right? I think we talked about it last week. They always imply things. So now yeah. they imply they might raise rates a little more. So, hey, maybe the U.S. economy is a bit stronger. Who knows? Who knows? Seriously, mm-hmm. those people are crazy. We don't, we don't know if we, we want to talk about it. But I wanted to mention, because <laughs> we were talking about gold, I gave like two separate gold prices. Uh, but our editor, John Cumming, did have uh, an editorial in this week's edition entitled, Is Peak Gold Finally Here? Mm-hmm. And I'd just like to say congratulations, John. It was, but now it's gone. <laughs> no, but in all, in all seriousness, there's some good facts uh. in, this, uh, in the uh, editorial. Um, it's uh, based on a report from the World Gold Council um, that a lot of the fundamentals are really good, like miners have been cutting back production, year-on-year yeah. uh, total ounces is down, people haven't <clears> been <throat> investing as much in exploration, so the pipeline's not looking as robust. So gold fundamentals are still looking good, despite the fact the F- U.S. Fed keeps jerking the poor gold investors around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, so do check out that editorial in uh, this week's paper because it is interesting. That's from John. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to a few things we have this week. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Eldorado Gold um, annual results, which just came out, I believe, after market yesterday. Um, just a little news. They have uh, M&A type stuff, some permitting stuff. Um and then another one I uh, spoke with was uh, Canalaski Uranium. Um, and that's, they're interesting and kind of came across our board because they've had a huge uh, share, increase over, share price increase over the last six months or so. Like how much? How much are you looking at? Over 400%. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, I had right. a sit down with uh, their VPX and president and CEO. We'll talk a little bit about that because apparently they're not just Canalaski Uranium. They have some diamonds. Or That's right. Theoretically. Theoretically. So we will get into that a little bit. Um, cool. Leslie's going to be talking about... Um, I'll be chatting, I guess, about a lot of different things. Yeah, um, we're going to be a bit... Well, Metnor was... Metnor is definitely one of them. I'm and, be... and I'm interested in that because I Metnor is a little bit... Definitely in the shadows. Mysteries, mysterious to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're good. So why don't we launch into the Can Alaska stuff right away? Um, because actually, th- this is an interview I did earlier today, so it's fresh fresh on my mind. Yeah. Um, so I did have a sit down, as mentioned, with PE uh, President and CEO Peter Dazzler and Vice President Exploration Carl Scheman. 
Um, Carl had 20 years as a senior geologist at Reba, so he's like a, a Athabasca Basin Ninja kind of guy. Um, <laughs> so they've actually been around for a really That's long time. That's a good time. visual. Yeah, just like bouncing around the basin, <laughs> making uranium discoveries. With size. Like with uranium little, everywhere? With like little, uranium like, nunchucks or something? No, size. Those are the ones Raphael had. Oh. The Ninja oh. Turtle with the, the red. Oh, okay. I always liked him the best. Don, Leonardo was too Or it could maybe a Star Wars thing, you know? It's like zim. Like a lightsaber? Yeah. <laughs> but fueled with uranium? Oh my God, that sounds dangerous. It sounds like that thing in the start of The Simpsons where Homer has that like uranium bar stuck in his back. And it's like this <laughs> glowing green bar. That doesn't sound strange. Oh my gosh. We should get Isa to draw a picture of that for Ken Alaska. We can totally do that. Mm-hmm. We can totally okay. do that. All right, so, back on to so Alaska, um, like I said, they've been around for a really long time. They actually got started back in 2004, so they've been in the basin for quite a while through actually what would be two uranium boom bust type thing pre-post Fukushima. Um, and they were, as of November 27th, this is really what got this thing kind of going because I was like, what's going on here? Um, so they were at $0.09 cents a share, which is a 52-week low on November 27th. Mm-hmm. And when I just walked in the studio right now, they were up even further than when I had checked earlier. They were at $0.49 cents a share. Wow, that's a lot. That's a so jump. 444% wow. uh, increase. So I, I went over and talked to uh, Peter, who's the CEO, and I said, uh, that's really wild. Like, uh, what have you guys been doing? What's driving this? He says, you know, it's the first thing he said is, just look at our five-year price graph, though, on the stock. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, they, they'd done financing at $5 at $1.60. Like, you know, they were pre-Fukushima quite a, uh, a highly valued company because they, they have a lot of, um, they're essentially a project generator, so they have a lot of options in the basin, and they've been doing a lot of drilling. And then all this stuff happened, and yeah, they fell to where, you know, he obviously said they're succinctly undervalued because they were at nine cents a share. So they were kind of handcuffed where they couldn't do financings because they were too dilutive and stuff, but things are starting to come back. And um, some of the reasons that they're coming back is they did uh, announce uh, two new options this year. So since 2016 began, the big one is their West MacArthur property, um, which they had been working on with Mitsubishi, the Japanese kind of mega company, uh, but they bought that back from them. Mitsubishi did earn a 50% interest, but uh, Can Alaska bought it back from them for 600000 in early February, subsequently turned around and optioned it to Camco. So right. that's always good news. So Camco is able to earn 60% in West MacArthur for $12.5 million in exploration expenditures. Now, the reason this is sort of apropos or topical is because uh, Macar- West MacArthur is really close. It's like six kilometers due west obviously, of the MacArthur Mine, of mm-hmm. Camco's MacArthur Mine. Yeah. So, um, and Camco kind of slipped in this discovery they'd made into their management discussion and analysis in February. And they're like, oh, we found this uh, Fox Lake thing, which was like uh, obviously east of MacArthur, the mine, but in between Can Alaska's property and the mine. Right. So they found this thing and they, they like slipped in uh, – a resource on it in their, like, they just, they didn't even put out, like, a press release. Or they just put it in their management discussion really? analysis. That's how majors roll, right? They're like, oh, we made a discovery. <laughs> Everybody, we made a discovery. <laughs> so, so, Camco put out a resource, and it's, it's pretty nice. It's, like, 387,000 tons at 8% U308. Right. So, 68 million pounds. Like, if a junior discovered that, people would be flipping bricks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just all over the freaking place. So, <laughs> so, Camco said this, and then... Then, lo and behold, Can Alaska happened to have this really strategic piece of it where uh, the discovery was made on the C-10 conductor. So they're like the really important kind of uh, feature is this conductor, and it runs right onto That property, property, right. Okay. So they negotiated with Camco. It's actually, I, I think it's a nice option agreement, $12.5 million in exploration. That's pretty solid. Um, for how much? For 60%. And okay. then, uh, so Can Alaska will maintain 40%. So if they do find a big extension of this fire or Fox Lake thing, um, could be a good deal for them. Um, so that's one of the reasons I think their their share price kind of has been on the up and up, right? Um, and the interesting thing about the option is Camco is really interested, obviously, in the extension of what they've discovered. Totally. So they're like, but Can Alaska's like, well, there's this other thing we really like on the property. So what Peter was telling me is they negotiated into the option that Camco has to do at least a little bit of drilling on this grid five, which is like not exactly where they want to be, but where Can Alaska thinks there could be a really prospective kind of target. Cool. So there's going to be a little Neat. extra drilling. So yeah. they should have some good news flow off that. And it's a nice agreement, obviously a major. So Well, it just goes to show, Can Alaska is really interested in uh, getting the most value out of that project. Yeah, and it also, uh, I mean, it is that project generator model, right? You need, you know, 
it's it's always the preferred thing for someone else to be paying for the meterage when you're drilling. So yeah. you, you can kind of capture the margins of discovery without spending too much cash, right? Yeah. Um, and the other little one, it, this is a much smaller little thing, but they um, optioned uh, a portion of their moon project to Denison. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it's a portion of the, of the concessions that adjoin Wheeler River, which is Denison's Griffin <coughs> thing, like the thing they've been drilling oh, yeah. a lot. So they, that was 700,000 uh, in exploration for 75%. And then, um, so yeah, so a couple of big, uh, bigger players. So they're got, doing pretty good. Well, waded into their stuff. Um, and that's good news for them. And also I think, uh, we were talking about uranium in the basins getting a little bit more buzz because of next gen and fission and mm-hmm. everything. And, uh, I think, um, CGN mining who invested in fission came out and said, we're not done investing in the basin. And so all the next gen people who invested in are like, hey, hey, look, <laughs> look at us, look at us. But we don't know <laughs> what they're doing. Uh, I no idea what they're doing. Um, but they are <laughs> apparently still shopping around. So, so the basin's kind of heating up for no pun intended. God, we're so good, we're at, so these. good at these. I know. So it's, so the, so can Alaska interesting story, long life. It's, they've been there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're big landholders in the basin. So that, that kind of came across my desk. So I hopped on over to their office to talk to them and be like, why is your share price up 400%? He's like, well, actually on a relative basis, it's not that much higher. We've been much higher before, but it's good news for them. And for sure. uh, so I'll have a big article on that, but, and we wanted to get into this cause this is interesting. So that suddenly they, they stake these random diamond claims. Yeah, they said that there's diamonds in Athabasca. It's and, the first and, time anybody has ever recognized. And you said maybe not. There, the are, is the, there are diamonds well, they don't, not they in don't the basin. Know. But yes, well, Saskatchewan yeah. is known for some of its diamonds. Yeah. Um, yeah. The most advanced project being the South Orion, okay. or the Star yeah. Orion South, and yeah. that's held by Shore Gold and Newmont. That's right, yeah. And so they're optimizing the feasibility on that project. And we also have North Arrow exploring Pico. Puku, yeah. P- Puku. Pupu? yeah why why don't we go for the last one (laughs) i'm aware of that one yeah yeah yeah. and they and they found three new kimberlites there and that's kind of like if you were to think of saskatchewan it's right in the center of saskatchewan now the athabasca basin is north and East. East. No, no, northwest. Because oh it's cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're both looking yeah, yeah. We're at each other. Yeah, we're looking in the right direction. Um, anyway, yeah. so like it's it's up around there. No one has ever really recognized it before. And so they were looking at a 2001 or a 2011 geophysical survey that the Saskatchewan Geological Survey put out. Yes. And they found these really weird looking, uh, suspicious, really circu- round, look, circular yeah, shaped yeah. geophysical anomalies. Like, yeah, that, that kind yeah. of resemble pipes. Yeah. And then, of course, what you were mentioning earlier was that... Um, before before we went on recording was that they did have some okay. I guess diamond indicator minerals that they were finding mm-hmm. in Alberta down which ice. is down ice yeah. from where that was but the but the Saskatchewan sampling program never really reached so maybe for, for li- far our enough listeners for, who for uh, might not know exactly when, when people talk about down ice and glaciation oh, yes, like, like if you want to just maybe get into how that could be important or why why people talk about yeah, uh, it's like years down ice from the glaciation. Yeah, it's basically, you know, um, the glaciers came along and yeah. scraped off the surface and pushed it and smeared it all across. So it's yeah. like, you know, smearing butter on a piece so of toast. So everyone's looking for where that hard so you, rock or Yeah, you got to right? you got to know yeah. like where where that um, direction of glacial movement is yeah. because you can have a pretty large smear of um, So so uh, uh, long story short, they found they've found tracers of where they found these core anomalies to the northeast, southwest of them into Alberta. They found yeah. tracer mineralization. They, they did, but I mean, you don't you don't really know. You no. can't really link it up. So until no. you actually have a Kimberlite in hand, um, then you can say for sure. But right right now we're still waiting. And Fjordland actually um, last week picked up about 262 square kilometers yeah. of ground looking for this exact same thing. So yeah. we're starting to see a little bit of a, well, they, a pickup like, in maybe diamond. Like, well, there might be a staking rush here. We don't maybe. Know. Well, like, until somebody gets their hands... And because yeah. even with the kimberlite, even if you find a kimberlite, it doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be diamonds in it. Yeah, exactly. Because kimberlites yeah. pop up through the crust all the time, like through yeah. the course of Earth's history. And they're one but of the hardest things to diamonds are the hardest thing to find from a geologist's point oh, of view. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. yeah. Like you got to have that kimberlite pipe yeah. has to hit like a diamond enriched layer, mm-hmm. like, you know, 150 kilometers yeah. beneath the earth's crust. And it has to actually, that, that layer has to be there in order for that kimberlite to become encrusted with diamonds and <laughs> shooting up to the surface. And yeah, interestingly, so, so just to, um, like Leslie said, this was based on a geophysical survey. Geophysical that the Saskatchewan survey. Geophysical yeah. Commission flew in 2011, highlighted these things. Um, VPX Carl Schumann, who I interviewed, 
went looked at them and was like, whoa, this is crazy. This is interesting. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, so they have 75 circular targets. We talked about down ice tracer minerals. Those include chromite and... Pyropes, maybe? Garnets. Yeah. Uh, there is a there is a, a, an adjective descriptor in front of garnets. Eclogitic? All right. Yeah. So Eclogites. Eclogites. So these, these are all uh, important. And then the other thing we talked about was there was a trend or uh, the Ray... Um, oh, the Ray province. Province that comes down from Nunavut. And it it's a, plays a big host to some of the diamond mineralization of the mm-hmm. territories. Well, it's, it's like a really, really old uh, craton, Archean craton. Yeah, and, and but it's funny because the Kimberley pipes up north yeah. in Canada, they're all like 50 million years old. Yeah. They were super, super young. Yeah, yeah, relative to the rest of the world, yeah. 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 And and so they, they had said to me, uh, the Peter and, and Carl were saying, uh, nobody had known that this... Uh, this portion of of, uh, of the craton extends extended into Saskatchewan from uh, Nunavut down into uh, to Saskatchewan. So because of the sand, obviously the sand, sand co- covers you can't, it. Yeah, nobody had drilled. So this is again, everyone gives props to the Saskatchewan mm-hmm. the, uh, geolo- the government geologists because they went out and prospected all this, and now there's a big staking rush. So good job, uh, provincial geologists. That's sure. yeah, yeah. You're out there doing the hard work, like actual like heavy greenfield stuff, trying to <laughs> find this random thing that f- coming down from Nunavut, no one even knew it was there. So. Did you know I actually learned something really hilarious? Yeah. Did you know like if an asteroid hit like a carbon rich rock or something it could actually convert it to diamonds i did not know that i did not know this either and it was really funny because i mean i just envisioned the big coal pile and how sick would it be if a giant asteroid came out of you know into the earth's atmosphere and exploded into it probably be a huge explosion but it'd be a huge explosion of diamonds like instantaneous i like to think so in a hollywood sort of way in my head right now that's kind of how i'm but from a geologist i don't know it sounds like something like a scene out of the core where did you hear this I don't know. I was just like reading up on diamonds and I came across that idea because I thought, well, maybe coal deposits kind of get subducted enough into their crust in order to create these diamond rich layers. Uh, but that's not okay, actually the case. Okay. Um, a lot of these diamonds like are actually super old, like they're Archean age when there wasn't like actual coal on the Earth's surface. So it just comes from um, like carbon that was from the formation of the earth yeah underneath but yeah. yeah so and then and then all of a sudden one thing led to another and i saw asteroids hitting the earth's surface and converting into diamonds i'm like sick <laughs> this is a sweet visual i'm just gonna like, like yeah it's yeah, a sick explosion <laughs> like, like, like I hope raining I'm, on me like i kind of hope i'm there but i kind of hope i'm not there because <laughs> like, i wouldn't mind collecting diamonds but i don't want to be a hit by a meteor or b hit by flying diamonds yeah but, but maybe if i just drove along shortly after the event shortly after yeah, yeah. okay then, well like, i'll let you know a, i found a diamond mine it exploded everywhere yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, Alaska, do, uh, do take a look. I'll be uh, writing up a, a much more in-depth. Uh, we'll cover mostly the uranium. The diamond stuff we might cover. We'll cover it when they get a Kimberlite in hand. Moving forward, yeah. Mm. And one of the other things they sort of, nobody can obviously disclose it, but they sort of hinted around some other additional involvement in I've, I've heard the same thing too. I, yeah. I reckon so we'll see more watch players. Watch Alaska News this upcoming week. Um, we're going to be paying attention to it, just uh, take a glance. And that project, we'll just watch it as it progresses because it's, at least from a smoke point of view, there's some smoke there to... Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they can find a new diamond district. I mean, that's always cool. So That's always cool. Yeah. And then uh, the th- we'll move right on because um, Leslie had a good chat with Mercator. Is oh, Metnor. Metnor. Which is metal of the north Jeez, I can't in French. Mercator. Yeah. It's Met- like a is com- it really? combination. Okay. Well, Metal and Nor and Lore. I, I can't speak French. I don't really know, but yeah. But that's what that's what I was told. So this is this is these these guys have been around for very like quite a long time, right? Metnor has. Yeah, like they they first acquired um, the Bachelor Lake project. That's so right. okay, we're, yeah. we're in the Valdor region of Quebec. Yeah. And so it's a junior producer mm-hmm. um, who went and purchased Bachelor Lake. It was historically mine. It had like a hundred thousand ounces, I think, produced um, back in the day, and they reopened operations, I believe, in two thousand thirteen. I'm just trying to look at my paper here now for all this. So they've been producing it, and um, they recently just started doing some brownfields exploration and came across this like sheer hosted gold. I've read a little bit about this. Yeah, this is at just, the Bachelor League complex, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's funny because it's underneath the tailings dam. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and one of the last projects I worked on as a geologist, there was one of my main targets where I really wanted to drill was underneath the tailings dam you because know. for some reason people do the sterilization drill holes on on a mining project is usually 30, 30 meters below surface. The condemnation. <laughs> yeah, the condemnation. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, and um, but they they 
first came across sniffs of gold across like 400 meters in 2013. And they're like, that's interesting. It's weird. But then they followed it up and they started getting some really robust um, hits, like 10.1 grams over 26 meters. Not true width. Okay. Okay, Because remember, you're drilling it from top of the tailings dam so you're trying to encounter these structures yeah. at a really weird angle yeah, yeah. so you're going to get some unusual thicknesses but it seems yeah. like it's generally you know between two meters and like five six meters um, thicknesses yeah. Yeah, yeah so they've they found um this structure and it, and they interpret it to extend you know about 500 meters across 570 meters across surface and to about 500 meters um depth but of course that's on widely spaced drill holes so, so you have to be kind of like you know be a little bit weary but they have some excellent results, and they are also following up on some deep hole IP anomalies that they discovered along the same trend. Or like, yeah, they yeah. they like some of the high grade um, hits that they've had at the surface that they've interpreted across this area. Like one of the best um, highest intensity IP anomalies is kind of like a long trend of that dip okay. of that structure, which is cool. And they look at that and they're like, "This is warranted of sixty thousand meters mm-hmm. of drilling, which is a lot of drilling for a, a junior well, producer." Unless you're in Tegra. <laughs> yeah. I know. And so they're really stoked. And then yeah. Sprott, of course, came in last week, which That's is why right. I kind of like That's jumped right. on the story too, was he up there, he, he upped his stake by like, I think a couple of percent to 7.1% of the company. Now, was it via private placement he did this? Or um, no, he just, he just increased his shares. He uh, just bought a bunch oh, of shares. Oh, in the market? Like in market? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, um, okay. and he also has some warrants as well. Oh, so he, he can, yeah, he, he could exercise and he could have like greater than 10%, which is why they had to issue a notice. Eric Sprott loves Canadian gold. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. And so 60,000 meters, and I thought it was pretty rad. So I'm definitely looking at Mednor and he, they're gonna, definitely going to have some good results coming out in the past, well, mm. the next year. Now, how is, did you take a look at their, um, the op- operations at all? Like his Bachelor Lake? Bachelor it, Lake has been suffering for the past couple of quarters. It, and okay. the reason why is because that they've been drilling into a really narrow structure. Oh, okay. And so okay. they've been getting a lot of dilution and yep. that's kind of expected. So mm-hmm. their costs, operating costs have gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of in the neutral. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And they're they're controlling their cash flow based on how much they, they do their exploration drilling. Okay. But right now that they're planning on mining out the Hoofrin section, which is supposed to go back into like six, seven oh, grams nice. gold. Um, yeah. So it's gonna they're going to start seeing an up in gold production in the next quarter. So they expect to go back into the positive this year. Oh, okay, good. So, but they're, they're definitely emphasizing brownfields and mm-hmm. they do believe that, you know, if you want to find another gold mine, you find it in the shadow of the head frame or underneath the tailings. The shadows of the head frame. <laughs> I hear that sounds like, I, isn't that a name of some prospector's book or something? Anyway, I'll figure, I'll find that out for next week. <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's used that in yeah. some way, like my memoir in the shadows of the head. I'm not. <laughs> Depends what that, time of day it would be, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, where's the sun? Yeah. 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 So, okay. So that's cool. So let's have something uh, much more in depth coming out on. Yeah. That, that should be coming out. I already sent it in, so it should be out soon. Perfect. And then, uh, yeah. So I covered um, the El Dorado Gold conference call was this morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. Bright and early. Thank you, Eduardo, for that. Mm. And then, uh, so uh, more so this stuff, you know, their their production didn't particularly surprise anyone. They had a big impairment, which was sort of pre-disclosed. People knew the impairment was coming because they've been having problems, sociopolitical problems in Greece, because who hasn't been having sociopolitical <laughs> problems in Greece? Unless um, they're on vacation. Yeah, actually, my buddy went there on his honeymoon and said it was gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah, beautiful. absolutely. Everything's beautiful. fine in Greece. Yeah, everything's great. Um, <laughs> so we'll get into a little bit. They did get a new permit and stuff, and there's some some talk about Asia. They have a few mines in China. Uh, so just just to click off the headline pieces here, uh, El Dorado company wide 2015 produced 20, 723,532 ounces of gold at all in sustaining costs of US $842 per ounce. Cool. Um, so, and they finished with uh, 300 million in cash and equivalents plus 375 million in undrawn credit. So they're not really in a pinch on, on uh, capital too much. They did, however, and this was sort of the headline piece a lot of the newspapers and, and analysts focused on, uh, net loss of $1.73 per share. Um, and they suspended their semi-annual dividend. So join the, join the laundry list of miners yeah. who have suspended their dividends. Um, the big news, uh, the headline news, like we mentioned, was an after-tax impairment of $1.5 billion. Wow. Um, and most of this is in Greece. So they're, they're having a huge problem with their Scuries mine, uh, which they put on care and maintenance in January 2015 and are threatening to pretty much just completely shut down if, if the Greek government doesn't give them the credit uh, permits they need to move forward. Uh, that 
was an impairment of about 740 million. So that mm. clock, that's about 50% of, of their overall impairment. And then the other, another 476 million in goodwill impairments in Greece. So just various accounting things that they had to do. And, and, and they've been having, Greece has been sort of a headache for them ongoing for the last, you know, since Greece has been a headache for everyone else. Um, so, but they did make a little bit of headway on March 22nd. Uh, they received required permits from the Greek government for a phase two at their Olympias mine, which is an underground thing. Um, so they expect to produce underground ore before the end of the year uh, and spend about $97 million on it last year. So they're making a little, you know, one step forward, two steps back. So they're still having problems with, with the one pro- the Scurries property, but they're kind of moving ahead with the Olympias stuff. So that was sort of a lot of the analysts put the Olympias second phase back onto their asset valuation. So they assumed it had value again because mm. <laughs> it, it is now permitted. So Eldorado is moving ahead with that. Now, the big thing everybody's talking about, and they didn't, they've hinted at it, they really want to get out of China. Like okay. they have uh, three mines in China and one under development. Uh, the one under development, I believe, is the Eastern Dragon. Um, and they just got, uh, they're, well, they're close to getting a mining permit. So they're, they're in the process of transferring from an exploration of mining permit. So they're close. So Eastern Dragon, it's, it's not a very large thing. Um, I think they're spending around 35 million this year in the summer months. Why do they want to get out of China? Uh, <laughs> do they say? Or? Well, the, I, I, I get the impression that it's probably not the easiest place to work, I would imagine. Like, I've never I've never worked for a company that's had vested interests in, in China, but given the political situation, you know, can you imagine, like, permitting something there? Like, it'd be like... I don't know. I feel like it would be super easy. Uh, it depends on how much... It'd be like, you know, <laughs> scratch it on the back of a napkin yeah. and be like, this is what we want to do. And they'd be like, great. But, so they I'm so ignorant. I have no idea they don't about know. I, well, like, they mining in China. Like, like I, I would be... I'm sure... I can't speak for El Dorado. Were, mm. were it me, um, I'd be worried about, you know... What would the word be like? I don't want to say that it's they're going to take the properties away or anything. But like, I mean, it's just that the way in which the government operates, they sort of make their own rules. Right. So, I mean, you don't want to talk about corruption and all that stuff. Oh, and that's true. So, so, you know, like your, your risk profile is just inherently heightened. Yeah. And, and so, so there has been talk that they want to sell pretty much all three of their mines, plus everything that like essentially everything they own in the country to Chinese mining companies and just sort of vacate and find and create a production center elsewhere. And I mean, Greece is obviously big for them. And then, they we just, know that they put a big amount of money into Integra. They did, yeah. Yeah, they own about 15% of Integra as well. And there has been whispers that they're interested in Canada. So they would like to maybe, you know, every, it's so funny. I talk to everyone like, yeah, we'd love to be in Nevada or Ontario. And I'm like, yeah, so would we all. Like if I was mining something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like, so everybody's, so they're looking for a, a slightly different production profile. They're trying to settle, s- settle down someplace a little bit yeah, more relaxed. Yeah, exactly. Always so on the cusp of danger. So, yeah. So, I'd keep my eyes over for that because a lot of the analysts were saying, well, they have that $300 million in cash right now. Mm-hmm. Assuming they sell all that Chinese stuff, they'd probably monetize it. So, that would improve their cash position. At which point, you look at them as an obvious candidate to go out and buy something mm-hmm. or or do a merger of equals type deal or something where they're sitting around we always talk about that mid-tier gold range we talked about b2 gold where they're sitting around that seven hundred thousand ounces range and everybody wants to get above the million ounce per year range and it, it it's tough like once you get there you're running you know four or five mines and you may be running them well but finding that next mine balancing brownfield exploration sustaining yeah. capital you know, you don't want to dilute your shareholders. So, you know, they're they're another company that would like to continue their continue to grow, but a the, a lot of their stuff's in China, which is not totally ideal, and b they've run into these issues with the Greek government. So I could just see like if it was my company, I'd be like, good lo- holy smokes, like we just let's just get something somewhere where a there's no like euro euro recession, and b it's not like the Chinese like the red party that is holding our fortunes in their hands so i'm sure they're like assuming they can monetize that i from my point of view i'd look for eldorado to definitely be looking at something probably in the americas maybe but you know this is all just speculation but a lot of the analysts have hinted something similar so yeah so that's good so i'll have a a much more in-depth look at that uh breaking down some of the financials breaking down where um where most of those answers are coming from so we'll look at that 
Um, the other thing that uh, you had uh, talked about, and this is an interesting one because um, we've been, you, you've been following them along for a while, and it's a big, well, no, it's one of the bigger exploration stories in BC right now, and mm. that's Skeena Resources and Spectrum property. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, they, they've picked up yet more land after yeah. they picked up Texas. GJ? Well, they, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They they started out with Spectrum and they're still busy with that. And they're going to be putting out a resource estimate at Spectrum in the next couple of weeks, I hear. I was talking to Walt Coles yesterday. Yep. President and CEO. Yes. And um, they just, uh, not too long ago, I think a month or so ago, they picked up the GJ property yep. as well, uh, which is a porphyry, porphyry hosted sort of copper gold play. But Ron Nedelitsky, the, right? the yeah. director yeah. of uh, Skina, who's yeah. also famed explorer. Everyone knows Ron. 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 He basically yeah. he di- he discovered SNP, and he also discovered Esky, which yeah. basically like you know those were Kaminko properties originally. Yeah. Originally Kaminkos. Yeah. And Ted Moraro was heavily involved. Yeah. In that. I have to. I I, I was talking point that about out. this, yeah. and I heard through. Uh, I can't remember. So I was like, you got to mention Ted. Ted was heavily involved in that. So Ted, 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 Ted we got you. <laughs> yeah, Ted. Ted Moraro, very heavily involved. I've actually met him. And then, oh, uh, did you? Oh, yeah. My dad knows him. He's at Imperial Metals as well. So they, oh, like, right. He's, no way. he's one of the great old geologists. Yeah. Like, if you ever talk to him, he's like, Legend? So one of those guys is like, oh, yeah, I worked on that. I'm like, with like everything? <laughs> like back in the day, it was yeah. like everybody was working on everything, right? Or cool. w- a few of these big companies. Sorry, sorry, that was no, a, that's, a that's segue. Cool. Well, so, so SNP, let's get into it. <clears throat> so yeah, and Skina, the most recent acquisition, obviously, yeah. by Skina is SNP. Yeah. Um, which, because uh, Ron, after Kamika was holding the property yeah. for a while, they weren't doing anything with it. Um, Ron basically had Delaware Resources yeah. and approached Kamiko and said, hey, look, Kamiko, you're not doing anything with this. Why don't you um, like let, let us have a go? And so they made up an agreement. And shortly thereafter, they made the SNP discussion. Well, not not discovery, but like they they outlined a pretty sizable resource. That's yeah. definitely economic. And that, was, that was when they were banging out like insane grades up. Insane in grades, like yeah. I mean, the average head grade up there was like twenty seven grams per ton or something Woo. ridiculous. And their cutoff was twelve grams because, of course, it's really isolated. It's in the middle of nowhere. They yeah. they actually used to like mine it out. And then um, bring it down to the Iskit River and then hovercraft it down to like Rangela or whatever on, yeah, on the coast yeah. of Alaska to ship it or out. Or like to use barges or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so it was really expensive operation. Um, but the grades justified it. The grades yeah. justified it. And of course, that sparked um, a big gold frenzy up in the northwest BC, which later later led to Discovery Esky Creek. Oh, so good, yeah. Ron Nedelitsky was one of the, the men behind it. And that's basically where he f- made his first million and another million and another yeah. million dollars. And Ron's always loved that part of BC. I know. He loves that part of BC. Yeah. He sees yeah. the potential in it. So um, they was the exact same sort of parallel story. Barrick had the um, SNP property. And they weren't doing anything with it. It's fully reclaimed. It's perfectly reclaimed, apparently. Like, beautiful. So just remind me, I just, I, I need a quick... How uh, Barrett got it? No, uh, not necessarily how Barrett... So SK ran till when, and then his SNP... Was SNP a satellite of S... Like, were they running... Oh, no, two the, totally different. Two separate, okay. Yeah, okay. two totally different deposit types okay. and everything. Okay. So, okay. okay, so the SNP is like a mesothermal vein. Okay. okay. Associated with the porphyry. Um, and so they mined that out until about basically 1999 when the collapse in gold prices kind of forced okay. them to, to close the doors. Um, and they, they mined out pretty much like a good chunk, pretty, of, a good the, chunk of it. Like they knew was there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so they did a pretty good job. Um, so Delaware got bought out by Prime. Prime got bought out by Homestake. By Homestake, yeah. Homestake was eventually uh, ate up by Barrick. Swallowed, yeah. Yeah, and so it was perfectly reclaimed mine. Barrick has been sitting on it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like most major companies, they don't really want to just release a perfectly reclaimed no. historical mine site to <laughs> yeah. a junior doer because, I mean, they, they don't want to have create any problems yeah. environmentally. Yeah. But Ron, of course, being Ron, um, really wanting to get back in there, seeing the opportunity opportunity that hey wait you know the gold price is different now like um the the gold price environment is totally different the infrastructure up there is totally different there's a road within 12 kilometers from snip at the moment yeah that's not like it used to be no my god right (laughs) so it's definitely the there's power um nearby so he went and he approached barrick him and walt and they managed to get a um a deal going with them what are the terms the terms are oh gosh i'm gonna have to do this by memory um a hundred like they they can acquire Basically, a hundred percent of the property, but um, by There's spending, 
right? Yeah, yeah. $500,000 this year they're going to spend. Okay. And um, there's a back-end earn-in right for Barrick. Once they hit 2 million ounces. It was, you know, it was funny we were talking about this. And wow. the back-end is, like, I don't know if they're all structured. I'd have to look. Yeah. But the back-end structured, like, exactly the same almost as the Freeport Lundin back-end at, at TMOC. Oh, yeah. Because if they find, like, I think this one for Skeena is if they find... Two million ounces. Or Two something. million ounces. Barrick backs Barrick in. in for fifty-one percent. Meanwhile, yeah. if Lundin or Reservoir find four million tons of copper equivalent at Tmoc, Freeport packs in. So it's like it's like you can have this thing, but if it's enormous, it's ours. Yeah, yeah. I, the way yeah. I, I think it's kind of cool too because it's it's also a similar deal that um, Delaware made with Tech yeah. or with Kamiko back with in the Kimiko. day. It's like this yeah. parallel story, which also again is ironic because the resource at um at snip is a called the twin zone because it's two parallel trending structures yep. separated by a dike so i'm just like ooh, all these like really cool parallels and stories so i'm just like wondering if they're so going to make another big discovery it. ron's again. doing the same thing like, yeah so you always thing. had a chance did you talk to ron you talked to ron i talked to ron too um did so obviously he's got some sort of theory here on why there might be more mineralization that hasn't been <clears throat> kind of uncovered at SNP yet. Did you have a chance to talk to him about it? Well, the thing is, is that a lot of the data and all the information was put into a warehouse, Salt Lake City barracks. And they, they went down there, they hauled out as much stuff as they could, yeah. took a look at it. They haven't had a chance to like go into the details like as much. And um, they're going to be working on it for the next like few months and developing a really like uh, precise exploration program cool. in order to test new ideas. So yeah. they, they know that the opportunity is there along strike and at depth, and at depth for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of being able to say, okay, $500,000 is what we have. We're going to put it at the best targets possible. So they, they're going to do some comprehensive work. Desktop work. Desktop yeah. work. Yeah. Low cost, highly effective. <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you have, if you have a structure that was mined, um, at 12 grams gold cutoff, 12 grams is pretty economic these days, right? So it there's is. definitely an opportunity there. And of course, a long strike. And what, what does it mean like? Did um, Walter Ron mention what this, like what kind of, is there any surface infrastructure left there at all? Or did Bear pretty much remediate? I think they the remediated whole, everything, yeah. Everything's, yeah. everything's gone. Yeah. Interesting though, that now, now that they have this thing that has power access and all that stuff. Yeah, how, it's like 12, 12 kilometers or so. Changed. I saw a big credit to like, Oh, that part of BC is so hot because like Red Chris, the Imperial's Red Chris, you have Bruce Jack, KSM, KSM. Se- like, mm. and I'm like, whoa, it's a big metal district. It is, yeah, yeah, and there's just like, it's it like we we did the breakdown of dollars invested in like obviously Bruce Jack's like way up here, and then everything else there's like little investments here and there. Now that it, Imperial's done their first stage at Red Chris, that second stage will come later. But yeah, there's it's funny and um, how everyone's like. Oh, we got to get up there again. Like you, yeah. you can just see, like that. There's guys are just like, hmm. Well, maybe we should now that there's roads and things like that. Like I mean, not like Bruce Jack and things don't have the sign of infrastructure. Skino would be looking at obviously, but mm-hmm. um, just it's just interesting. Hopefully, like cross our fingers, maybe there'll be more guys staking and doing deals, and maybe some of the the guys who have those legacy claims will loosen up the yeah the strings and let some of these exploration guys get back to work up there hopefully so yeah, yeah, yeah so that'd be good, good but story out of a little bit of a tease we haven't really looked into this too but but this is related so i thought we'd talk about it was the permit oh the drill permit okay yeah this is interesting because we, we're this is breaking news essentially well it right. it is so yeah. um i'm just gonna put an announcement if you have a property in bc and you're planning on drilling it Maybe start permit. your permitting right yeah. now and the I'd reason why is because as of this week um, when you're doing your drill permits, you also have to get yourself a water sustainability license or a water license with it as well. So oh. it's under it's under brand new regulations underneath the 2014 Water Sustainability Act. This, some juniors brought this. Well, I was out I was out hanging out with my friends the other day, and we were like sitting around having dinner, yeah. and my friend just started ranting about this new this permit. new yeah because yeah. she wasn't expecting it. She was just like, oh, I'm just gonna put in for another drill permit, and then she hit this water license that she didn't even know anything about and she ended up calling the uh, ministry um, about it and be like okay well what what do I do here? It's not clear. I don't yeah. understand. And they were just like, we don't understand either. So surprise, surprise. Is, yeah. Like we, we don't, know we, don't we don't have anything. Yeah. We're just and the government. Then, yeah. Don't worry. No, no, no. Well, I mean, yeah. it's like anything new. It's gonna, you know, gonna yeah. take a little bit of time to, you know, iron out the wrinkles. Yeah. But um, they they even said, you know, 150 day turnaround on getting this water license. So that is huge compared to 60 days. Now For this is all. By the yeah. way, this is all anecdotal. 
So we're looking mean, into this now. We're looking into this now. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of other um, juniors, um, just mates of mine. I'm saying, oh, have you done your Literally drilling permitting yet? And they're like, oh my god, let me tell you a story. I'm like, I've heard it. Yeah. I've heard it many yeah. times. And so so there's a lot of people having a lot of headaches. Um, I think it started like basically this week and that's wow. why people are starting to talk about it. Yeah. Like and there was never any, like you, cause you called the AMEBC. I called AMEBC, it. asked them about it and they, and it seems to me that they didn't know about it either. And Government's they're looking tricksy. into it at careful. the moment. I'm not even sure if the ministry even knew about it. Maybe the ministry of environment knew, but I don't, again, I don't really know the story. All I know is that you're going to, if you're applying for a permit, you're going to get a little surprise at the very end of the process on online about to get a water I'll license. I'll have to call the guys and girls I Get know on that. it. Yeah, 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 because it's going to be a lot of hangups in the, um, in the ministry. Into, into that. I guess there's not like, it'd be interesting to see like how many people are permitting projects in BC right now. I'm sure there's... Yeah, well, everyone's somewhere. getting on the go with yeah. uh, getting their yeah. summer plans. So you're going to hear this. I guess you're going to might hear this a lot more about this in the coming weeks here. Yeah, well, I just, you know, will. it's 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 good to see that, you know, we're getting a lot of um, attention on managing our water. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's a bit conflicting because a drill permit, you know, you can apply for a five-year drill permit. And that kind of gives you like a general area of where you're going to drill. Because, of course, as exploration geologists, we don't necessarily know where we're going to drill and move the rig next time. Exactly. Sometimes you get on yeah. the ground, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't realize this lay of the land. So I'm going to move the drill over here. So you need to have a general umbrella. Now, with this water licenses, you have to outline the streams, exact water sources, like what's going to be impacted. So you have to be more specific. And that's going to create a big problem because in this business we can't really be specific because yeah. we don't know the specific yeah. well if you knew where it was you wouldn't be drilling yeah yeah and <laughs> then of course you would be, but you wouldn't miss and of course now you're also yeah. looking at fees so you're looking at maybe a thousand extra dollars um f- to get the fee depending on how much water for fracking is like can be up to ten thousand dollars so funny i can imagine you phoning the ambbc office and they're like what yeah. <laughs> just like scrambling around like i think that's basically I don't, I don't know what happened but you know uh it's just it's just kind of it surprised me just because it came up in conversation well, and i we talked will to other be people. phoning the government about this so yeah. we'll see leslie might have a piece next week or we might just have some podcast stuff where i we just want to make sure yeah, yeah just want to make yeah. sure everyone's aware of it so you can really put your permits in now don't delay yeah get it on to go and without further ado oh it's time it's that time again it's time for alfred hitchcock for twitter they, oh my gosh, really? Like the birds sound like birds that are attacking us? <laughs> maybe I'll have to change the bird sounds. But yeah, we're... Ow, yeah. Ow. <laughs> maybe maybe you can. Can you actually do that? Maybe. We'll see. But <laughs> we'll... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're like yeah just pulse that might even be creative even Commons better. that movie because it's old yeah. it might be you might be able to use sounds from it i'll have to check maybe but uh yeah without further ado here's our tweets of the week some interesting stuff happening once again some of it we'll, we'll briefly touch on the federal budget which came out recently oh, yeah. Yeah, let's um, do that. some other stuff uh but let's get started so um uh kyle crater so this is just uh, uh in reference to a mind.com story they did uh on uh get ready for more scrutiny from insurers after recent tailing failures. So when you're looking to insure your mining property, uh, they, they cited the Smarco thing, which we've discussed at length, and also the Mount Pauly situation Imperial Metals had. Um, so that's just the heightened risk that regulators, the government, regulators and mining companies are at. So insurance premiums, you know, and scrutiny might go up as a result of that, which is obvious. Like if you crash your car, Mm-hmm. Insurance premiums go up. If your tailing exam fails, probably the same thing. I would imagine it's kind of a rule of life. Don't crash your car. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm then, about to eat the last M M&M, and M, by the way. Oh, uh, there it goes. Last of the Easter candies until the Easter bunny comes. Oh, I can hear mm. that on the on the input. That it was yellow. It was yellow. It was like a little gold nugget. It sounded delicious. <laughs> um, so, and then uh, Metal Ship International <laughs> tweeted me uh, zinc slumps as. Fed tightening specter sinks metals and miners. So we talked about why the Fed had sort of tightened up and why that had negative effects on some markets. But uh, we always hear, I don't know if you hear this as much as I do, but that zinc's going to be like a big story every year I hear this. That zinc's going to hit the dollar. But anyway, zinc got pounded again. And uh, now it's down to 81 cents. So uh, yeah, the poor zinc. You know, there's not that many guys left who are just solely zinc miners or zinc explorers but they're out there so we're we're, we're rooting for you we're rooting for you um <laughs> and then uh an article that came out on forbes i uh, got treated uh tweeted this this is also we're doing an article on this so please read it with us and not forbes but uh uh article on equity crowdfunding which salma's working on right this week and uh one of the f- uh forerunners for this uh in canada is red cloud Klondike strike 
who we talked to at the Cambridge show, uh, the Red Cloud uh, gents. Um, so two companies are going to go at, uh, give it a shot. Um, one of them is uh, Banyan Gold. And I know Banyan uh, because they're up in the Yukon. Um, Paul Gray works there, who's a geologist I know. Um, and then, uh, so the other one is Radisson Mining. So they're, they're both going to do, um, uh, take a shot at crowdfunding, which is, you put your slits like what you're raising money on Kickstarter for a movie, essentially. Cool. So you just put your concept up there and people can buy stock on the internet. You know, I, and I just like, look at this. Like people are trying to explain this to me and I kind of, have a, I have a finance background and I'm like, I don't understand how that's legal. Like, like what sort of disclosure is happening and what sort of liability do you have if you're blindly like putting, dumping money in? Well, or just like, what did you put on the crowdfunding or like the Kickstarter thing? Like have gold, need money. Like, what did you put there? Yeah. Like, or did you put like some super complicated geology thing? Like, oh, we have a sheer hosted such and such. I, like someone on the internet is sketchy. like, I want to invest in this. It's sounds like, kind of sketchy. Know. You can really take advantage well, of investors. It's like a lot of people are saying it's the next step. I like, I, I just, I'd like to see, I'll, I'll be reading Selma's piece on it because I'm really interested in like the logistic, like how they're doing it and what the legality of it is. Yeah. Or who's watching it. BC, yeah, exactly. I hope the BCSC is going to be That must that. be a nightmare for the BCSC. You know, my friend actually, she did, um, she did the exact same thing, but she got a foldable kayak. Oh, she for, oh, for two thousand dollars. She kickstarted it. She yeah, did a kickstart. I've always like a looked at that stuff. Like, so, you can put it on your backpack. Yeah, there was like a cool. It was amazing. Like carry on luggage case for the airplane that I looked at. It. I oh was yeah. Like, it was like in the newspaper. Like you can crowdfund this, and I was like, um, like I'm a, maybe a little bit older than my age, like from a, <laughs> when I approached this, and I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm not paying for a non-material good that may come at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, what? what? No, just show me, just send me the briefcase. Like, we may have it finished in six months, depending on our R&D. And I'm like, I'm not giving you money. Jeez. Right? Yeah, I'll just go buy a suitcase That's what my friend said. She's like, I wasn't really sure if I was going to get it or not. So when I did get it, I was pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like, like, $3, like we talked about the under-promise and over-deliver thing. I feel like, <laughs> like people are like, holy smokes, I didn't yeah. actually expect to get this thing. Yeah, maybe so that's it. They're really making it's a good first impression. The psychology of it. Uh, cool, so, okay. Yeah, well, moving I'm looking on. forward to that article. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, check out Selma's coverage. I'm assuming it's coming out next week on, on crowdfunding. I'm inter- really interested in reading up on it as well. Um, and then ResourceWorks tweeted, uh, oh, this is an AMEBC retweet. So AMEBC retweeted, uh, welcomes mineral explorations incentives in the budget 2016. I had a hoot at some of the, okay, first what the AMEBC said and what the Mining Association of Canada said, because I read the budget and I'm like, there's nothing in here for natural resources or like a very slim amount. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of, they kind of. Well, A, the small business stuff was a disaster because they said they were going to cut small business taxes. They backed out on that. So it was bad for small businesses. But they also like said that they were going to commit that money to pipelines or, or some sort of oil uh, help in Alberta. And all they did was up the EI. And, they're yeah. like, and, and so Premier Rachel Notley, who's the NDP leader in Alberta, was like, yeah, they kind of said they were going to do that. But at least they helped with the EI thing. And I'm thinking, I feel like the companies would be much better off if you helped in some other like some way that actually boosted the economy as opposed to like boosting ei but uh as people our generation above us always say the liberals are people spenders and the conservatives are business spenders so right. um so why i got a hood of this is both the mabc and the mabc or mac the mining association of Canada, they're like hey good job budget and i was like well they didn't really do anything they extended the mineral exploration tax credit but that like taking that away would be like it would cause like a riot. I felt like right? it was like Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, being like you get a million dollars, you get a million dollars. Yeah. Everybody gets a million dollars except for natural resources. Except for natural, yeah, like nothing. And then the other thing that they were always the, they both trumpeted. I, they must have been digging for this stuff because like I read it and I was like, from my point of view, okay, they kept the mineral exploration tax credit. That's pretty much all they did. But both uh, the MABC, MAC and the AMEBCs mentioned. Um, the designated $87.2 million for natural resources Canada initiatives that support research in forestry, mining, minerals, earth sciences, and mapping, and innovation in energy technology. So I was like, so they're going to, it's like like new technologies, right? So they're going to put $87 million, which in the scope of this budget is freaking nothing, mm. essentially, into innovating energies. But the way I read it in the budget was they want, them, they want, <laughs> want the industries to be greener. So mm. I think these are all going into like ways to mine and ways to create oil that are more sustainable. So I don't know if any of that money will actually help existing companies or yeah, let alone like 
smaller businesses. So I personally, if I had been writing up the press release on the budget, I'd be like, leaves out natural resource industries entirely. Entirely, really. yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on from, if this was an economic show, I'd talk about the budget for like an hour. <laughs> Um, moving on, I just have one more here. Um, uh, again, this is uh, from our friends over at InfoMine. Uh, just a little story on on copper, because we've been talking about copper, copper supply, copper prices. Uh, the world's number one copper miner, which is uh, Chile's Cadelco, big uh, big national company, uh, posts historic loss in 2015. So they, uh, they're, they're the world's number one copper producer, as mentioned, and they had a net loss of $1.4 billion uh, related to asset asset impairments and a sharp fall in metal prices. So again, as we've said, the where copper is now is really not particularly sustainable over the long run. When you look at the supply demand fundamentals, I mean, people are going to be losing money, closing mines, pulling out. And by the time, you know, that we hit that sort of influx or inflection point, there won't be enough. So they'll be looking for people to uh, find new copper mines, build new mines and We'll hopefully at that point see copper go back up. Um, but yeah, so that ends our little Twitter segment for the week. Right. Um, but yeah, so and also the show, I think. I think we've gone through pretty much all my random papers and things. So. Yeah, we're getting into our weekend so really soon. We what are, are you doing? We what are, are you doing, let's, Matt? Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> what um, are, you, are you doing anything fun? Uh, this weekend? Um, not too much. I think it's a bit of a staycation. Uh, my, 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 <laughs> I think it's spring cleaning weekend. Oh, so, that's really fun, actually. Yeah, I my girlfriend's cleaning. got me, or us, us, yeah. uh, taking the sweaters out of the closet, like the I'm winter the sweaters, sweaters and putting them into the, the bag, the Tupperware thing. Nice. And then taking out like the swim trunks and stuff. I think it's too early, but they're coming out. And Kids' then, pool is going to be opening soon. Is it really? I can't wait. That's a, yeah, West Side Pool. I think it's like here. another month or so, but. Yeah, whatever. so yeah, that. And then uh, probably uh, might. I don't know if it's too early to. I sound like an old guy. Plant, <laughs> plant the garden or whatever. Oh, going. Yeah, I'm gonna be drinking so too. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna be drinking, drinking and gardening. You should try it. So, so yeah. What about you? Oh, I'm just doing the usual, going out to Ukulele. Oh, nice surfing. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. Yeah. Well, we hope everyone listening has a fabulous Easter weekend. Yes. And uh, we will catch up to you next week. This yeah. is Matthew Keeble and Leslie Stokes. Have a good one. <laughs>